You are listening to the Star Coach Podcast with Meg Rentschler, episode 45. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rentschler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello, Star Coaches. Welcome to this week's show. I'm your host, Meg Rentschler, executive and mentor coach, clinical social worker. So happy to have you here today and excited that we've reached episode 45. So this labor of love is becoming more and more just a part of my routine, but never so much a part of my routine that I'm not so excited to bring each week's show to you and be able to share the guest perspectives or different messages that I believe will be helpful to you in your coaching. If you're listening to this real time, we are about to have the global ICF conference. So that's coming up just this next week. And I am really pumped about seeing. I know that I'm going to see people from all over the world, people that I've talked to and have worked with, have taught. So talk about an exciting time. I'm just so pumped to be able to get to the ICF conference next week. We have a guest today on the show who's going to be talking about something that I believe is probably near and dear to many of our hearts, and that is the concept of self-actualization and how we as coaches can help our clients live the lives that they're really meant to live, to tap into their strengths and help people become aware of what their talents and gifts are and develop those talents and bring them to the world. And that's what Dr. Lisa Lentino does with her clients and what she wrote about in her book, Constructive Thinking, How to Grow Beyond Your Mind. Lisa is going to walk us through her three-step process and share in each of those steps, how we as coaches can partner with our clients to help take them deeper into living the ideal life that they want, the ideal life that really allows them to discover their life's purpose and reach their full potential. And through that, create that genuine freedom that comes from doing something that you know you're meant to do. That's how I feel about coaching. That's how many coaches that I talk to feel like this is such a match for them. I felt that way when I began as a psychotherapist over 30 years ago, that I was right where I was supposed to be. And this is just a continuation of that work for me and helping clients get to that place of really tapping into what is important to them and, and how they want to be in the world is one of the gifts that I love about being a coach. So let's listen to what Lisa has to share with us about helping our clients live the lives they're meant to live. I want to welcome Dr. Lisa Lentino to the show today. 
Lisa, I found you on, I think you might have sent me an email about your newest project, which we will get to in a bit, but it intrigued me and I reached out to Lisa and she has such incredible knowledge and has shared some great wisdom in her book. And I wanted her to share that with all of us in the coaching industry to take sort of what she's done as a psychologist forward into what she's doing now as a coach. And she was gracious enough to agree to be on the show. So Lisa, welcome. Well, thank you so much, Meg. It's really my pleasure to be here. I'm very excited about to be speaking with you today and to your audience. And you're right. My goal is to share my 20 plus now years of experience in psychology with coaches to help them be even more effective in the work that they do. I share the same passion that most coaches share, which is self-actualization. And my goal is to help as many people as possible live the life that they were truly meant to live. Not the one they were programmed by society to live, but the one that they were innately designed to live. And I absolutely believe in the power of coaching to do just that. I've benefited from coaching personally, and I'm currently in the process of of using coaching. And so now I'm just excited to be able to share what I've done in my book, which is constructive thinking, how to grow beyond your mind with coaches today. So one of the things that happened is I've been in private practice in clinical psychology for about 15 years now. Mm -hmm. And over the course of that time, I formulated my own philosophy about, you know, helping people live their ideal lives. And that's really what I present in the book, Constructive Thinking, How to Grow Beyond Your Mind. And when I'm talking about the mind, I'm really talking about that database of all the programming that we kind of inherit while growing up. And from my philosophy, there's a three-phase process for living your ideal life. And that first phase involves freeing yourself from the database of your mind. Now, I refer to it as your database of your mind. Some people refer to it to, as the ego. But what happens over the course of our lives from the earliest moments is that we are unconsciously, continuously collecting information about ourselves, the world, from all our interactions with our parents, our caregivers, our teachers, schools, societies, the billboards we look at, the magazine covers, and of course now the internet. And as we grow up, all this programming, unconscious programming, goes into that database and we first form mental models about ourselves. Mm. You know, are we worthwhile, not lovable, not I know in our program, we referred to as the model of the world, a client's model of the world. So I'm assuming that a lot of this is is around the client's model of the world, the way that they see the world. Right, that those core beliefs. So we start with the mental models. And then what happens, you start forming core beliefs about yourself, others, the world, stress, money, conflict, emotions, you name it. And what happens over time is we start living life from inside that database, believing what those beliefs and what our unconscious mind is saying to us as if it's absolute truth, as if it came down from some stone tablets, right? Right. But one of the things that we forget is that all that programming reflects the relative health or dysfunction of our family, school, societies, culture, and media. So the first stage in living your ideal life is becoming more conscious of that programming. As Dan Siegel puts it, and I really enjoy his work, he says, you have to make the implicit material, which is the unconscious material, explicit. So we have to bring it to your conscious awareness in order to move beyond it. 
And one of the best strategies for doing that is mindfulness. A lot of people are familiar with mindfulness meditation, Mm -hmm. but it's about getting into that observer mode, getting be able to take a step back and actually look at saying, what is in my mind here? What must my mind be telling me that my life keeps repeating this same pattern? What must the programming be? And you get into that observer mode, but in a very non-judgmental way, okay? So you just look and say, yep, this is what's in there. And then let me kind of figure out how to move beyond it. So the first phase of living your ideal life involves helping to free yourself from that database. Okay. And so I would think that freeing yourself from that database, as you've said, first involves maybe becoming aware of the fact right. that you're, you're being controlled by the database and that our beliefs are not necessarily written in stone, that they're not facts, they're beliefs, they're experiences that have built that, but we have choices. Exactly. And, you know, most people, unfortunately, are going through life more unconsciously. And if you ask them, who's in charge of your life, they would say that they were. They don't even know that they're just blindly listening. Giving away power left and right. Yeah, exactly. So the first step is kind of learning to be a more conscious of that that programming. So then you can start the, the process of freeing yourself from that. The second phase of the process is what I like to do is called discovering your true self. And what I mean when I say your true self, it's that unique consciousness that was there the day we were born. So imagine a little baby comes into the world, just kind of checking out the world saying, holy cow, what's this all about? (laughs) You know, well, that awareness that's doing the checking out, that's your, what we call your unique consciousness. And that's the true essence of who you are. And the metaphor that I like to use when referring to your true self is that of an acorn. And I use the metaphor of an acorn because an acorn contains the full potential of an oak tree. It's never going to be a maple or a pine, no matter what. And to what extent that acorn reaches its full potential depends upon what kind of soil and water and sun and also how many other trees are overpowering it. Well, the same is true for a little baby. A little baby comes into this world with a unique set of potentials that only he or she could bring to the world, both physically, athletically, artistically, musically, you name it. Mm -hmm. And to what extent that child manifests those potentials depends upon what kind of family nurturing experience opportunities they're provided, but also to what extent have they gotten trapped in the database or not. Okay. That's interesting. So that would almost fit when we hear all this about how girls are sort of sent down maybe the more artistic or a language path and boys are assumed to be higher in math and science and how we're trying as a society, hopefully, to shift that up. But if weren't the case, that kind of fits right in with what you're saying and the database taking over instead of the natural talent taking over. Right. So absolutely. So it's like, as a parent, one of my philosophies as a parent is like, I am just trying to provide the soil. Like, I'm not trying to provide saying, okay, you're supposed to be like this. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to, and I joke with my son in particular, it's like, he's definitely more my engineering guy. So it's like, I have spent many dollars on Lego sets. Okay. So it's like the Lego, it's like, that's the soil. I didn't say, you know, geez, I want him to be an engineer. Right. As a little kid, when he's taking things apart, trying to put things together, I said, okay, now how can you potentially nurture that? Mm-hmm. And so then you give him like different opportunities to help develop those gifts. 
So that that's from the, you know, kind of observing the acorn and then trying to help them develop that rather than saying, okay, we have as a parents or society, we have this mold that you are supposed to fit into whether you want to or not. So the, the second phase is that is they're discovering what's in the acorn. Per what's se. in their acorn. Okay. Now, the third phase is what I call becoming a constructive thinker. And I like to term constructive thinking rather than positive thinking. Because if you think about the word constructive thinking, it really implies building something. Right. And most of us aren't fully aware. We don't fully utilize the power of language to actually help us build our ideal lives. And so when you, when you become a constructive thinker, you become so aware of the language you are engaging or not to say, is this actually helping my cause? And one of the things with your unconscious mind in particular is that our unconscious mind is this tremendously powerful part of our mind, but mm-hmm. it's not the smart part of our mind. Okay. So I really like to tell people it's like a computer. When you're programming a computer, right? The computer doesn't say, hey, are you sure about that last command? You know, it really. Sure, you wanted to hit enter right there? Yeah. Right. It really just creates an output that it fits that that programming. Mm -hmm. Well, your unconscious mind is the same. So it's like if it was programmed that you were supposed to be miserable or that relationships are always supposed to be a source of frustration or disappointment. Then, I never do anything right. Yeah, all right. those things. Right. Mm-hmm. Then, so if you say like you never do anything right, if that's the thought, then your unconscious mind says, okay, you know, that's what you want me to create for you. I'll dutifully do that. Mm-hmm. And so when you're talking about constructive thinking, it's really watching that language and becoming that aware of it. Now, the other thing that often happens is people get caught up in looking at whether or not what they're saying is true or not, rather than is it helpful. And the example that I often use is like yesterday, I had a a long day in my at work in my practice. And if I had woken up yesterday and said, I am tired. Okay. Now that thought might have been true. But is that helpful? You know, when you're about to start a long day? No. So you know, when you become a, a conscious of that, you say, okay, that's not helpful, moving on. And you say, what would be a better way of approaching the day? So it's like, instead, I'd say, okay, you know, just take one client at a time, try to be as present as possible, and really think about what impact do you want to have on that client? So in essence, that's, you know, that type of thought process is helping me kind of really approach my work the way that I actually want to. Excellent. So great outline of your three steps. And I'm wondering how they then apply or how you might, as a coach, apply those different steps and be kind of become aware and utilize that knowledge that you've shared. Well, I believe the role of coaches has an incredible part in helping people be able to go through this process to manifest their life. And the role of coaches, there's a different part they can play in each of these phases. So in the first phase, when a client is trying, you're trying to help a client break free from that programming, okay? Mm -hmm. The unconscious mind's a tricky guy, right? When you're trying, if it's programmed in a way, like you're not supposed to be good at this, or you can't do this, or you're supposed to be miserable, and that's the way it's programmed, when you start trying to go rogue here and actually do something differently, make some constructive moves in your life, 
the unconscious mind might give you a little, you know, little leeway. Say, okay, you can try that, right? But if you actually say, no, no, I'm really going to do life differently here. It's like the unconscious mind sends off an alarm saying, oh my God, this is not the way your life is supposed to be. This is, this doesn't make sense anymore. And it usually responds by, I like to tell my clients, it's responds by throwing a tantrum. Right. Which and creates a lot of anxiety, I would think. Right. And Yeah. So that tantrum, from my experience, usually comes in the form of fear, doubt, or guilt, okay? Now, this is really where I see coaches could be critical in helping people with this process because oftentimes you'll see people, they read the self-help books, they try to go to the seminars, they try to make these, these changes, then they take a few steps, the fear, doubt, or guilt comes up, and then they fall right back in Retreat. line yeah. Right, yeah. into their, their old habits. But the coach is so critical in being that person that can hold their hand, believe in them when they doubt themselves and say, no, 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 we knew this was going to happen. This is right on schedule. You know, this is just your unconscious mind doing this. It's like we can persevere here and keep taking constructive step after step here. And then once you do that over time, then the unconscious mind does relinquish right. it does it over time. But let me tell you, it's, it can be a dickens sometimes. Yeah. But it, that, so it takes consistency. We don't expect yeah. that one session is going to flip embedded right. beliefs and reduce all that doubt, fear, and anxiety. Right. But being that partner in the coaching process, reassuring, creating that trust and intimacy, using your listening to hear that and be able to normalize that for your client. All those are things that coaches could do. Absolutely. And that's the thing too, is like reminding the client that what you're really doing is you're carving different neural pathways. So it's like in that, that you're certainly capable of doing that, but it's not going to happen overnight. And I tell people, I'm like, you've been doing something this way for X number of years. So you have like a fiber optic over there, you know, and, but every time you're trying to do something differently, imagine you're putting another filament of wire in that new neural pathway. So it's about perseverance. It's about hanging in there. It's about, you know, continue to take action in spite of the fear. Now in the second phase, the role that coaches can play is helping people discover what's in that acorn. And I know a lot of coaches, especially those in career coaching and life transitions are Mm -hmm. trying to help people discover what am I really passionate about? What was I really meant to do? And the way I like to describe it is like you help people listen to the acorn. And the the way I say is listening to the acorn is because the acorn doesn't talk in words. The database is Mm word-based, but the acorn kind of talks in energy shift. Like things are just drawn towards, things are like that your mind just kind of eats up, ideas that pop into your head. So it's like, I've told people, I've had people could walk into a room, automatically see how it could be redecorated. You know, Mm -hmm. I've had people who think solving biochemistry equations is fun or that, (laughs) you know, programming a computer is a game, which, okay, none of those things resonate with me, but it's not in my acorn. Right. Exactly. And thank goodness we've got a mixture of acorns. Right. Exactly. (laughs) So for a coach, it's about being able to just sit with a client and say, wait a minute, when you talked about doing X, right, I just saw you light up. Like Mm -hmm. I saw your whole energy just shift there. 
And which like, is another such an yeah. important role that we play as a coach is we notice those energy shifts. We reflect right. those back. We don't just step over that or because that holds vital information. And exactly. that holds vital information that the client needs to have that mirror put up. Right. They might be experiencing it without actually being tuned into it. Right. And then, so you just kind of reflect that back and say, geez, you just kept talking and talking and talking, you know, and geez, that, that's probably telling you something. Yeah. And then the last phase of the process in terms of becoming a constructive thinker is really a little bit more of a teaching role for a coach is that most people actually don't have constructive models of how to approach their self-worth, of how to do conflict well, of how to manage stress or even to approach stress, relationships, money, you name it. Mm -hmm. So it's like a lot of that last process is, is literally like helping providing those constructive models for your clients to give them, like, like I say, give them different tracks to run on. Right. Okay. If you're trying to move from this dysfunctional way of thinking, it's actually helpful, you know, not just say, okay, I'm just going to disengage from that, but then give my mind another track to run on. So saying, okay, no, this is a better way to look at conflict. This is a better way to look at stress. Okay. So those are the roles that I see coaches really playing. And so what I've done with the coaching connector, and I also have my children's book, which will be available soon, is called The Littlest Acorn. Yes, and and it's just beautiful. So (laughs) tell us a little bit about the concept behind The Littlest Acorn. Well, you know, this was funny because I tell my clients, I try to actually practice what I preach. So I never intended to write a children's book. In my practice, I work with adults. And, but this idea for the book just kept coming to me and coming to me. I'm like, okay. Like, okay, I'm getting the, okay, I hear, I hear. So I actually went to the ocean one day, which is where I think best at times. And so I went to the ocean and I I felt like I just kind of downloaded the book. Okay. And then I did work with a wonderful writing coach who helped me kind of reword it in a way that would resonate more with children. But the message behind it is one that I hope every child realizes is that you know, be true to who you are. So discover what's in your acorn. And this was the story of a little acorn who falls into the trap of trying to be like a maple or a pine and realizing how foolish that was. So it's like, be true to who you are, but then develop your gifts. And in the story, he, you know, the littlest acorn gets to share the tree and the branches with a a little bird who's building a nest. Okay. So it's like develop your strengths and your talents and then find some way, shape or form to share them with the world. What a beautiful message for all of us. And certainly to begin to give that to our children in a story. Right. And so when people ask me, what is the path for true contentment? It is that it's like, Discover what your talents are, develop them, and then share them beyond yourself in some way, shape, or form. And that could be with other people, the environment, animals, a body of knowledge. That's exactly what hopefully we try to do with our clients as coaches. Absolutely. So, Speaking of, so, so then you talked about the coaching connector, which right. is kind of how I first became aware of you. I began to just kind of share what is the coaching connector? 
Well, the coaching connector is my attempt to, in terms of my mission of self-actualization, it's just being able to do it now on a global scale, to be honest with you. So it's like, I'm just, when I talk about like trying to grow my own acorn, it's like, this is just the next branch. branch The next way to share it with the world. Right. And so what I wanted to do with the coaching connector is that I see coaching sort of where psychology was about 15, 20 years ago. It's like some people out there have some idea of coaching. Executive coaching is becoming much more popular. I find that a lot of people, you know, might hear of a life coach, but never quite know, well, geez, when would I utilize one? Or I I know several entrepreneurs who are trying to build businesses without even without a business coach. And I'm like, geez, why would you ever do that? You know, and so with the coaching connector, One of my goals was to increase the public's awareness and utilization of coaching. And we do that by providing a tremendous amount of content. So just there's people out there looking for answers to frustrations, pain points, you know, trying to make changes in their life, connect them with value, valuable content that gives them a different perspective, teaches them something, but then also plants the seed that, hey, maybe coaching, working with a coach might be something that would benefit you. And so with the coaching connector, I wanted to be a bridge between the public and not only the coaches and their services themselves, but also many of the products that coaches are creating. So it's like we have already on the site, we have now almost 700 coaches in the directory, which is wonderful. Which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And just very talented people that have already, you know, written books, created self-assessment tools or other products that can benefit clients already, even if they're not ready to take that step of one-on-one coaching. And so it's like some of the assessment tools, like that goes right along when I talk about discovering what's in the acorn. So it's like, you know, provide some of those tools that can help people with that process. So the coaching connector is both a sort of a directory for coaches who apply to be on the coaching connector directory, as well as a place for clients to find both coaches and products. I mean, for clients to find the coaching and the products and it's an education tool. It's your site has a lot of information about what coaching is, just lots of content. You have just, I just want right now everybody to hear, you know, Lisa has put blood, sweat and tears into this (laughs) and it is really robust product that you're bringing forward or, or resource that you have available. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And like I said, my goal is to really just help coaches do the important work that they're doing even more effectively. So the Coaching Connector, if people want to know more about the Coaching Connector, how would they find it? Well, the website is www.thecoachingconnector.com. People are also welcome to emailing me directly. I'd be happy to you know, talk to them more individually. And my email is simply lisa at thecoachingconnector.com. Okay. And I will also put that information up on our resource page so that there'll be a link that people can easily get over to the Coaching Connector. Terrific. Well, Lisa, thank you for sharing your wisdom and your wonderful philosophy of how we are all our own acorns and and with our own talent and passions and how as coaches we can help people link into that. Thank you so much. It's really been truly my pleasure. Even though coaching is more known now than let's say it was 10, 12 years ago, it continues to be a mystery to some people. What exactly is coaching? What's life coaching? What's executive coaching? 
and therefore Lisa's concept of the coaching connector and not only providing a directory for coaches to be able to kind of showcase their talent, but also as a robust resource for clients to understand what coaching is and what you can get from coaching is so important. So I want to thank Lisa one more time for putting together this fabulous resource. If you'd like to know more about the Coaching Connector or Dr. Lisa Lentino and her business, Grow Beyond Your Mind, go to starcoachshow.com and all that information will be our resource page. Please go to the contact page and send me some information about what you like about the show, what you'd like to see more of, what you might want less of. Just share your feedback. That would be great. And if you're going to be at the ICF conference uh, next week, be sure to drop me a note so that I can look for you there as well. It is always a pleasure to spend this time with you each week. I wish you the very best for your coaching success this week. And until next week, this is Meg Rentschler. Mm-hmm.